0: Welcome to the What About series, where we talk about therapy topics in a highly condensed and easily digested way.
1: Our goal is to help the average person understand some of the more complex or misunderstood aspects of the mental health world. Let's get right into it.
0: As the title of the episode suggests, today we're going to be talking about depression and more specifically, the more common um, major depressive disorder. And so as always, with all these What About series episodes, the the flow, the framework is the same. We're going to be Framework's going the over same. the summary, the symptoms, the risk factors, diagnosis, and treatment. So a- any of these episodes, that's how they're going to be. That's how they have been for the last two, and that's how they're going to be, just so you can get the information as easily as possible just like yeah. you
1: said yeah and there are going to be a lot of references as well and so mm-hmm. we're not going to necessarily say this comes from this this comes from this they're just going to be all linked down below so if you want to learn more we'll link it down below for you to go ahead and read and dive into yourself so for this episode for major depression depressive disorder there are a lot of different like subcategories of depression like there are for anxiety disorders like how we covered general anxiety disorder in our first What About episode, this is kind of the general depression, depressive disorder, mm-hmm. in a sense. This is the overarching, general, when people think of depression, this is the type of depression that they think about, yeah. which is major depressive disorder. The most common form of depression. It's, yeah,
0: it's, it's quite common, actually.
1: Yeah, so here are a couple of examples, just to kind of see what it would look like for you. Again, all references are down below. So Jacob cries all day. And, feeling that he's worthless and his life is hopeless, he cannot get out of bed. Ava stays up all night, talks very rapidly, and went on a shopping spree, which she spent $3,000 on furniture, although she can't afford it. Maria recently had a baby and she feels overwhelmed, teary, anxious, and panicked, and believes she is a terrible mother for practically every day since the baby was born. All these individuals demonstrate symptoms of a potential mood disorder. And so all those are kind of different types of depressive disorders. Like, for example, that last one is postpartum depression. After you have a baby, very common in mothers. It's also common, I guess not common, not as common in men. It does happen in men, which I thought was really Newfathers, interesting. New fathers, yeah, interesting
0: yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm um, getting into some of the stats now. Um, now that you kind of see what it could like look like. Um, major depressive disorder affected approximately 163 million people in 2017. That's about 2% of the global, global population. I would imagine
1: it's also a lot higher now after COVID.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely, because that was so 2017. Be, so Yeah, I'd be really interested to see the stats. I don't have those for you right now. From a recent research article I read for one of paper in school, it increased in some places almost 60% like the diagnosis. So crazy. So easily over 200 million people at this point. Well over that. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty high, especially now it's going to be even higher because those numbers come from 2017. Uh, But the percentage of people who are affected at one point in their life varies from 7% in Japan, 21% in France. So you can kind of see the the differences in different countries. But in most countries, the number of people who have depression during their lives fall somewhere between eight and 18%. But in North America, the probability of having a major depressive episode within a year long period is about 3 to 5% for males and 8 to 10% for females.
1: Yeah, and again, one thing that's going to be really big in this episode if you listen to our last episode on the biopsychosocial model, a lot of that is going to be in here as well. And so I'd highly recommend to go listen to that episode if you haven't already, because it will really help you understand more fully the things that can affect you as a human being and affect those that do struggle with major depressive disorder in all aspects of their lives. Mm -hmm. And so here, just a general summary of a mood disorder. So in the DSM, there are two different types of of mood disorders, kind of overarching. So one is depression and the other is bipolar. Those are the two big mood disorders. And again, for this episode, we're just focusing on major depressive disorder. But mood disorders in general are characterized by severe disturbances in mood and emotions, most often depression, but also mania and elation. All of us experience fluctuations fluctuations in our moods and emotional states. And I think sometimes when we feel sad or lonely or something, we may think, oh no, I might have depression. And that could be true. Yeah. But again, all of us experience these emotions. All of us experience sadness or loneliness and yeah. anything else that is characterized in that. But, so, and often these fluctuations are caused by events in our lives. Again, biopsychosocial model, it's, I'm gonna say it now, it's most likely not gonna be just, a, well, I guarantee you, it's not just gonna be a chemical imbalance, which is what we talked about again in the last episode where the stigma of depression is around this whole chemical imbalance in your brain, where, oh, if I just take some pills to give me more serotonin or more dopamine or to try and get rid of this cortisol, then my depression will be fixed. And that can help you, yes, but that most likely is not going to be the cure for you. Yeah. So here... We become elated if our favorite team wins the World Series and dejected if a romantic relationship ends or if we lose our job. Again, showing that we all experience these emotions. At times, we feel fantastic or miserable for no clear reason. People with mood disorders also experience mood fluctuations, but their fluctuations are extreme, distort their outlook on life, and impair their ability to function. So like we talked about last week in our What About series with... the food disorders mm. with uh, atypical anorexia, the key here is excessive, right? Because we all experience these emotions, but if you experience them to an excessive or extreme amount, then that's when we start getting into, okay, now we might be talking about, you, know, you have depression or you have yeah. anxiety or, or whatever this is. These issues come about when it gets above
0: normal yeah and so we're gonna go over the symptoms now um of what it could look like and maybe you have some of these symptoms so one of the first ones a very uh significant one is weight loss or weight gain or significant decrease or increase in appetite and that weight gain or weight loss comes without dieting and exercise and stuff like that if it happens randomly or without cause that's a that's a huge symptom of major depressive disorder is that changes in appetite and weight loss that a lot of people see, especially when they're diagnosed with like clinical depression. It's very common.
1: Yeah. And there's difficulty falling asleep or sleeping too much. And I mean, you can see how that can be an issue. Like if you're depressed, a lot of the times you tend to ruminate on thoughts and you can't stop thinking about whatever it is that's bothering you. And that can cause an issue, which can cause you to have a hard time falling asleep. Yeah. Or you can sleep too much because you don't want to deal with whatever it is you're struggling with.
0: Yeah. And what you might notice, and this is something that I've noticed about depression, is that the symptoms are causes and the causes are symptoms, if that Mm. makes sense. Like sleeping too much could cause depression and depression could cause you to sleep too much. And so it's those loops that we've talked about a lot in previous episodes. And it's the same thing with weight gain. Weight gain could cause depression and then it could continue to loop itself because you gain more and more weight because of your depression. So just a little food for thought that all these symptoms are loops and they could be a cause and an effect of the diagnosis of depression. So the next symptom you could um, find yourself in or a person could have from depression is psychomotor agitation. The person is noticeably fidgety or jittery demonstrated by behaviors like the inability to sit, pacing, hand wringing, pulling or rubbing of the skin, or pulling on clothing, other other objects. The person talks, and moves slowly, for example, or talks softly, very little, or in a monotone voice. So that's a that was one that I found when I was depressed a lot was the monotone voice. Mm-hmm. that was interesting yeah. that it says that that just very vanilla, bland, um, no brightness, happiness yeah, in the no person. No fluctuations or yeah, a person who truly is yeah. depressed is going to be very man, no yeah no fluctuations. It's very straightforward. It's kind of it's kind of sad to be around, if you know, if someone's yeah. ever been like that. Yeah. It's a, it's, that's what the biggest symptom that I've seen in my life is that vanilla communication.
1: Yeah. It's so weird. So weird. And if you've seen Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, it's like how the the one Spider-Man talks, the black and white Spider-Man.
0: Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. always
1: kind of <laughs> yeah. depressed and the sad. The one played by <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just very monotone and always sad but you can just
0: hear it yes. and yeah sadness is in the voice
1: yep so the next one is fatigue or loss of energy and that's kind of self-explanatory and also I, I think one of the main signs that people think about or that notice first they well, have a hard
0: time getting out of bed and stuff like that but yeah people that I've known yeah. that have had really bad depression no just can't do anything they want to do um, next one is feelings of worthlessness or guilt just about your life things that happen around you um, you start to blame yourself a lot for different things that have gone wrong in your life, just overall feelings of you're causing issues in your life and other people's life.
1: Yeah. Or you have difficulty concentrating and indecisiveness. So you can't really seem to make a decision or you have a hard time making choices. A
0: yeah, Very interesting one. And the last one, and unfortunately the most um, serious one is suicidal ideation, which could range from thoughts of suicide, not just the fear of dying, of course, but, thinking about or planning a suicide or I'm the very worst, making an actual suicide attempt. And so that's the one of the deeper, darker regions that depression can take a person that unfortunately, in an ever increasing number is happening more and more, at least in the United States, especially since since COVID. So suicidal ideation is the most common link that people put with depression is that if you're depressed, you're probably suicidal, not always, but there's a very strong relationship between the two.
1: Yeah, because in most suicides, I'm not going to say every suicide, but in most people who've died by suicide, sui- or, um, depression, depressive symptoms mm-hmm. are present. And, you know, I would say 98,
0: 99%. The vast majority. Yeah, yeah
1: the vast majority. So now we're going to go to risk factors. So these are things that can kind of predispose you to depression or increase the risk of you getting depression. So like we've talked about in this episode a little earlier more depression is more common among women usually because women are more likely to seek help and get diagnosed but also because you have to think about the biopsychosocial model how socially different women are mm-hmm. than men and the expectations that are on women are different than men and a lot of the times the expectations that are expected of women I don't know, I think those, it's interesting how just those, what's expected of women is also tied more with feelings of inadequacy. Of, yeah, that's a huge cultural yeah. Or if you don't, like if you're not able to watch your kids, yeah. if you have to go to work, then that can bring about depression because you're not meeting the socially compliant goals or society's vision of what a woman should look like you know and that's that's changing i think that's getting better as far as the role of women go and so maybe we'll see in the future the statistics there kind of even out maybe but as of right now it's more common among women than yeah
0: and another reason for that could be that there's a there's another like on the flip side with men there's a huge culture of like suck it up be a man yeah um men don't cry that whole culture that's that's there's a huge shift in that we're shifting away from that At least I've noticed we're shifting away as that as a culture. But Boys don't cry by the cure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Even just from the little silly cultural examples like that, there is a cultural problem where if you're a man and you're depressed, you suck it up. And there's more of a cultural expectation for a woman that it's okay to get help and that um, you're more, I guess, culturally in the past, you're seen as weak as a man if you're depressed. And so there's just some cultural aspects of that, but there could be some biological things as well. But it's mainly socially and um, in that aspect. But another risk factor is unemployment. And I'm going to link poverty as well with mm-hmm. this. That um, it goes along hand in hand in the article that we cited this from. Um, if you're making less than $20,000 in the United States, you're uh, a lot more likely to become depressed. And so, Which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you can't do a whole lot with $20,000 a year. Probably always nervous and afraid that you're not, yeah. not knowing where your next meal is going to come from. I'm sure that's very depressing. So if you've been in that situation, I'm sure you were likely depressed at the times you were unemployed yeah. or stuck in poverty. poverty It's a very dark place to be in general. So, of course, depression is going to be linked with it, Yeah, unfortunately.
1: And tied to those two, unemployment and poverty, there's also living in urban areas, which are a bit more poor. Typically you know, more poverty in urban yep. areas, yeah. Yep, so those are kind of all go hand in hand. And then another one is divorce, which if you listen to our episode on divorce, um, particularly around kids... But you can see, and if you just if you've been through a divorce, if you've, known, if you've known anyone that's gone through a divorce, which I would argue is, you know, most people know at least one person, you know that it's not an easy process, and it's something that is life-changing, and changes, especially when it comes to divorce, can be scary, can be stressful, and all those, you know, on top of each other can cause just feelings of worthlessness. Depression, probably some guilt, guilt, sadness, which
0: are all—I mean—you under that depression umbrella, the major depressive disorder. And very commonly, the next risk risk factor that you hear is that anxiety and depression go hand in hand; they're very comorbid of each other. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if you have depression, it's likely that you have anxiety as well. If you have anxiety, it's very likely you have depression. Yeah. And so, if you've been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, or you have a family history of anxiety. And again, that's another one, family history. If you have family history of depression, you're more likely to be diagnosed with depression or develop it yourself. So just that comorbidity between anxiety and depression is very common.
1: Yeah. And the last one here is substance abuse. I'm sure no really explanation needed for that one. I mean, if you abuse substances, you throw off your chemical imbalance anyway. Yeah, you're going to mess with your dopamine levels. You're going to mess with your serotonin levels. And if you become dependent on it, you don't get it then withdrawal symptoms withdrawal
0: it's just a bunch of yeah substance abuse and that ranges from marijuana alcohol benzodiazepines anything really anything that's a psychoactive or biologically altering drug that changes your mental state um or you can become dependent on then you could it could cause depression if you abuse it to a certain extent yeah and taking on the
1: biopsychosocial model again substance abuse with those three areas in mind
0: i'll let you go ahead and you know think about that Put yourself that puzzle you can, together you can see how it can affect all those so with all those risk factors symptoms in mind the diagnosis that is involved to actually be diagnosed with a major depressive disorder um, to receive that diagnosis you must experience a total of one a total of five symptoms for at least a two-week period and this is of course found in the dsm-5 the diagnostic manual that therapists and psychologists use um so those symptoms must be found, well a total of five of them for a two week period, and must cause significant distress or impair normal functioning and they must not be caused by substances or a medical condition. So, like we just talked about substance abuse, like if you're if you're sad because you're drunk, that doesn't mean you have depression. Right. But the constantly being drunk can eventually cause you to have a depressive disorder. Yeah. There's a distinction between the two, but Yeah. Um, if substances are the cause of your thing, of your problems, then you won't be diagnosed with a depressive disorder. You'll probably be diagnosed with a, a substance use disorder of some sort. And so then lastly, at least one of the two symptoms mentioned above must be present, plus any combination of, of the symptoms. So there needs to be a combination of multiple different symptoms for you to get a diagnosis for a certain amount of time. And like we've said before, this is why therapists and psychologists are important, because you might You might think you have a depressive disorder when you really have a substance abuse disorder. You might think you have an anxiety disorder when you really have a depressive disorder and vice versa. So as we always say, seek a professional to get the correct diagnosis so you can treat it the correct way. Because the way you treat depression is so much different from the way you treat um, a substance use disorder. Like some of the things are very similar, but you have to get that correct diagnosis to get the correct treatment. So that's kind of the the diagnosis, and that would happen from a trained professional. You can't do it yourself at home.
1: Right. You can't just listen to this podcast and say, oh, Enoch and Austin diagnosed me with
0: major depressive disorder. I've had fatigue or weight loss. I've had fatigue <laughs> for two weeks. I've been losing weight. Yeah. I have depression. doesn't work that way. You need a therapist to break down your specific situation. Yeah,
1: because, again, we're all unique. We're all different. We have so many things that can affect us in the way we feel, act, think, and that's why professionals are, are much needed. And so, if you've had any of these symptoms, I'd highly recommend—we both recommend—to go see a professional, mm-hmm. go see a therapist. Down below, we'll link BetterHelp.com. It's a great resource for you to just look around, to see how many professionals are in your area, and there most likely are going to be a lot. There are a lot of people out there for you that can help
0: you. You started on the path, get diagnosed yep. correctly, and yep. start on a good treatment plan
1: speaking of treatment (laughs) speaking of treatment we're going to jump into the last section here which is the treatment for major depressive disorder and the first people the first thing people think of here are antidepressants right pills which could be helpful which can be very helpful great like they're awesome but they yeah they are not the solution to your issues here so usually treatment would look something like this you go see a therapist or a psychologist And your therapist will say, Okay, I think we can get on some antidepressants while you are coming to therapy over the next couple weeks, couple months. However long, yeah. However long it takes for you to heal. And so these the medications are gonna help you with the way you feel, so you can get out there and start the healing process and you can actually move because a lot of the times people with major depressive disorder Again, have low energy, don't want to get out of bed. And so taking medication can help you get out of bed, can help you go and start healing and doing things instead of just sitting there taking pills and not doing anything about it because that's not going to do anything for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the way I like to say it is it just medication can raise your emotional baseline to a point where mm-hmm. you can work on yourself. Mm-hmm. It can it can give you the, we, we've called it a crutch before, we've called it a cast, a band-aid, it can stop the bleeding for long enough for yeah. you to get control of the bleeding and what's causing the bleeding. Yeah. How about that? It can. Beautiful. That's a good analogy. You can. Use. It can stop the bleeding for long enough to stop the bleeding, to, to stop the underlying cause of it. Yeah. And so, I don't. I'm gonna go be as bold well to say that no one should use medications as a long-term solution to their depression. Mm-mm. Maybe a short-term boost to their mood so they can work on themselves. So everyone can take that with a grain of salt. That's our personal opinions. Your long-term may be different than my long-term. Exactly. It's just like so. what we said earlier and with our previous episode, everyone is so different. And you might need medication for years while another person needs medication for a couple of days. Yeah. And so it's yeah. it's really important. Again, that's why the professionals are so important to not self-medicate. So, um, yeah, seek someone out. Some other really great therapies, we've talked about acceptance and commitment therapy and how great that can be for so many things Mm -hmm. and it has been proven clinically and statistically to help people with depression so when seeking out a therapist or a psychologist maybe looking for one who specializes in acceptance and commitment therapy could be a a huge benefit to you and both of us I know I can speak for Enoch in this is that we would highly recommend acceptance and commitment therapy specifically for depression because of yes because of how effective it can be in changing your viewpoint on the world and because a lot of people their depression stems from their thoughts and their ruminations and act has been proven to help with those so acceptance and commitment therapy huge benefit for those who have depression and it's it's proven through multiple countless hundreds of studies over the years that it's it's been proven to be helpful for people with mdd major yeah. depressive disorder i should say
1: then <laughs> you also have things like talk therapy cbt cognitive behavioral therapy is awesome for depression and anxiety that's kind of its whole, the roots from CBT. Yeah, treating depression. Treating yeah. depression and anxiety. So that's a great one. And that's the most popular these days. Uh, maybe not yeah. Maybe not our most favorite. Still effective. Still effective. Still, still great. Will, it still will help you. Yeah. yeah, it can be better for you than ACT can. Or, yeah. you know, everyone's different again, again. It goes
0: back to who you are and what you need.
1: Yeah, and then there's experiential therapy. Uh, things like music, art Right now, real quick, I'm going to get into making fairy gardens in a, <laughs> in a jar. I think it's just so cool. But that can be kind of a form of therapy. Yeah. And there's
0: so. there's like, there's school, pro, like the Utah State University, they have a music therapy program. It's a master's program that oh. people get trained in music therapy. And it's the same cool. thing with art and wilderness therapy. That's another one that I um, would help me specifically is a wilderness fisherman. therapy. I'm a fisherman. So. And so there's so many options for you. There's so many treatment options for someone who does have depression, especially yeah. in where we are right now with the breaking down of stigmas and finding new research about what really helps. So we're in a really good place when it comes to treating depressive disorders and just mental health disorders in general. So don't feel afraid. As always, our message with these What About series is don't be afraid to to go seek help because you're worth it. That's always going to be our message you are. with this. Yeah. Um, and there's amazing resources especially if you live in the United States I can't speak for other countries because I don't know what it's like but um, we have great resources here and it's an ever-growing industry I should say that um, therapists are there's more and more therapists going through school just like us and so and there's great books too so start awesome your books. journey yeah. with something small if you're not comfortable going to therapy maybe find a a good book and if you're interested in trying to find a good book on depression hit us up on Instagram we'll hit us a DM and we'll We'll give you some awesome suggestions. There's so many out there. So you can start small. It doesn't need to be therapy, but as always, we would suggest that you do. So that is depression. That is major depressive disorder. There you go. I hope you learned something new. And if
1: you've had these symptoms, hopefully you've been able to at least think about or uh, find something that you can do to help those symptoms because you are worth it. You're a beautiful human being. You're unique and you are talented. You have so many things that you can offer this world. And as as the natural way of life goes, we have ups and we have downs. And during those down times, like Austin said, there is a ton of help for you out there. And sometimes you just need to ask, which can be the hardest part. Yeah. But have a great week and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.
0: What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy?
1: What about, what about therapy?